0: This is Brett White, and welcome to Being Leaders, a podcast exploring the mistakes, the challenges, and the stuff-ups that have helped shape our leadership journeys. I will be joined by successful, honest, and amazing leaders from around the world, talking about their fears, their failures, and their freakouts. You will be inspired, encouraged, and even a little surprised by the lessons, insights, and learnings that these incredible people share. So thanks for joining us and enjoy today's Being Leaders Conversation. It's great to have another exceptional leader with us today on the Being Leaders podcast, exploring our fears, our failures, and our freak outs of our leadership journey. Andrew Andreev is the founder and principal at Andreev Lawyers, a firm operating with offices in Adelaide and Sydney with around 30 staff. He is a strong leader, deeply visionary, and passionate about everything he ventures into. He's built a growing and successful firm over the last 20 years, and in this podcast, brings some powerful leadership principles throughout our conversation. It's great to have Andrew with us, and I know you are going to get great value out of this conversation today. Well, welcome to the Being Leaders Leaders podcast. And as we just said, special guest here, I have Andrew Andreev, and it's great to have you, mate. How are you
1: doing? Very well, thanks. Yeah, good to be here.
0: And you're over there in uh, sunny Adelaide, and how have you, you know, managed um, this season of kind of COVID and lockdowns, because I know you have offices in Sydney. Um, How's that kind of been for you? Uh,
1: It hasn't been too bad, because I've managed, I live sort of between Adelaide and and Sydney, so I've been able to dodge dodge the virus pretty well over the last eighteen months, almost two years now. So yeah. um, I escaped Sydney about a week before the lockdowns, and <laughs> haven't been back. So because uh, no, they wouldn't, let you, they been, wouldn't let you in, would they? <laughs> no, well they would probably let me in, those wouldn't let me out again, and then Adelaide wouldn't let me in again. Yeah, so it's too. been, uh, yeah, it hasn't been easy. Have, have
0: you have you kind of felt it's had this last lockdown in Sydney? Anyway, it's been you know three over three months. Has that kind of had some impacts? Do you think on your team and on your staff
1: up here? Yeah, I think it. I think it was the last straw for at least three of them in the sense of you know probably probably bound their their limits as far as you know just how much they could cope with. um, Yeah, being isolated and and away from work and it's sort of a team environment. I think we've got a pretty young crowd, so pretty young team. So I think they like spending spending time together. In the office and going out to lunch and grabbing coffees and that yeah, sort of stuff sure. i think you, yeah. you know you can only handle that for a week or so before the novelty of you know not having to get into a suit wears off <laughs> <laughs> absolutely um give
0: us a little brief context of kind of your journey of um Andreev and kind of how how long you've been going and what it kind of looks like now
1: yeah, We started. I started about 20. Well, we're actually in our 20th year, so it's the 20th yeah, wow. anniversary, yeah. So that's a, a, a bit of a milestone, yeah. Uh, and, and I started the firm off. When I was pretty young, um, I, depending on where you, where you measure the time from, I was uh, yeah, late well, 29, so pretty probably yep, too yep, young yep. in retrospect, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but managed to survive. So something must have, must have worked out. And uh, I actually started in Sydney, so that's where I had my contacts from previous jobs that I'd been involved in, and um and then developed uh, the business in Adelaide based on living here to be close to grandparents. So it's been a yeah, right. been a sort of a slow evolution over 20 years. We've grown pretty much consistently over 20 years, but just very slowly. So uh, we now have a team of about 30 people all up. And, um, yeah, it's been, a I guess, uh, yeah, one or two, one and a half people a year over 20 years.
0: <laughs> yeah. And it's interesting. I've been uh, working with you guys for, I don't know, it must be three or four years and I lawyers sometimes get a bit of a bad rap, um, but you know I've just found uh, you and the, and the team that I've worked with just to be, you know, just exceptional people. Um, and you know I've really loved the openness and and I think what you do and the way you do it as a leader is very different and unique um, in your kind of particularly in your sector. Uh, and I've just you know I've learned a lot just from the way that you empower and lead others um, and so yeah i think that was you know, nice as you said that. you might you might have been young when you started but i think there's a there's a naturalness uh in you in the way that you lead and empower and i think you've done things differently
1: right yeah well that's that was really the reason there was some pretty so i, I get i guess having not worked i worked in three places which are all quite sort of um household name type professional services organizations and they were they they were great but the motivation was really to create an environment um, where sort of autonomy and, and some sort of purpose, bigger purpose and autonomy, were, were central rather than necessarily the systems. Yeah. So that's been that's been a core thing, sort of that autonomy, mastery, and purpose type of goals to keep those those things live. And I think I think we have, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Not
0: it doesn't Excellent. suit
1: everybody, but no, um, no,
0: that's yeah.
1: right. So obviously,
0: this podcast we're all about. Exploring some of our um, fears or failures or freakouts, things that maybe have gone wrong or mistakes that we've made or bad decisions, uh, and and I guess you know the the whole idea of this is to look at you know what are the learnings and the lessons. So I'm curious to know you know 20 years um, of leading a business, leading people, what 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 has been um, you know one of those sort of fears or failures that you've reflected on before, you know, today?
1: There's, there's been plenty, that's for sure. And there's, <laughs> there's sort of operational mistakes and, and fears and then there's sort of, um, I guess, you know, ones that you can point to more specifically. Perhaps the most recent and, uh, you know, reasonably large was really the acquisition of a firm that you're aware of, um, bought a small law firm in Sydney. Um, I don't think that the decision to buy it wasn't wasn't a failure or a mistake. Uh, yeah. I think the way we implemented uh, following buying it was a mistake and and that was probably because we didn't follow your advice because <laughs> you did you did give me some good advice uh you know immediately before doing that but which i reflected on and certainly um certainly think it was good advice at the time but i guess the failure was that we i think there was maybe about 13 to 15 staff depending on how you measured um you know the casuals and that sort of stuff but yeah. uh, we're down to sort of one so you know, um, I think that probably classifies as a failure, as far as.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so you, yeah. So that that you know, you brought a comp, another company sort of in under um, yep. the wings of Andreev, and what what were the sort of key challenges in kind of when you reflect back on that kind of so bringing I, two groups together?
1: Yeah. So I um have obviously helped. One of the things we do for other clients quite a lot is help them buy companies and businesses. Um, but we, we're we generally in the legal documentation side of it rather than the, the, the cultural bit and the, the change management stuff. So this is the first time we've sort of grown organically. We haven't bought any businesses. yeah. So it was a chance to, to make all the mistakes that um, I should have observed my clients make me over the years. <laughs> but I pretty much made all of them. But the main thing that was driving me was I didn't want to impose our way of doing things on the other business. I wanted to respect, you know, the way they did things and their values and and not sort of our way or the highway because I thought that we could potentially learn from them and, you know, it was sort of the right thing to do to actually have a blending of cultures. We even called it a merger when really it was an acquisition. So we went. I went out of my way to not offend anybody um, and to perhaps over... Um, emphasise the preservation of, of what we'd bought. And then looking back, what I realised was that just created confusion on both sides. You know, my mm. existing team sort of thought that I was con- acting in a way which was inconsistent with the values and behaviours that we'd identified as our culture. And then um, the other side didn't really understand what the hell was going on because um, they were sort of thinking, well, you know, are we changing or not? Yeah. And then so most of them just took the third way and left <laughs>
0: yeah okay um and and that was over a season of nearly two years wasn't
1: it yeah covid didn't help because i was locked out of so basically we bought them in january to 2020 and then we the covid hit in march so the whole the whole businesses or both businesses disbanded it was pretty emotional time obviously for everybody yeah and then working from home so there was some we did really well so we got tech into the business quickly which meant that we preserved most of the business, the actual revenue, yeah, yeah, yeah. and we actually have preserved a lot of that revenue even without staff. So that's been pretty positive from that perspective. So really, the failure was around the cultural change and providing the. What I didn't realise is that the people who were in the business that we bought were probably looking for a change, or it certainly wanted to be part of something bigger. Yeah. Okay. And rather than give, rather than sort of onboard them quickly and and give them a clear choice, I sort of um dallied and dithered and um you know didn't give them that clear so going somewhere completely different was became more attractive than
0: yeah, right. either
1: staying you know culture that had been assumed and there, or rather than the one that was doing the taking over so yeah it was a bit of a mess
0: yeah so it's it's interesting because like hearing you talk obviously your intention behind the way you did it you 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 know you were looking at the yeah. people it was deliberate you kind of felt like this was um, you know, the, the the nice thing or the right thing to do. Yeah. Um,
1: yeah.
0: W- looking back now, what would you do differently?
1: So, I'd first of all clarify our own values and behaviors of the existing business, which, which yeah. we had done, I think, to looking back probably to about 50 or 60%. We've done probably up to about 80, 90% now. Yeah. But, um, So that would have been a good exercise. So I wouldn't. I'd say to people: anybody's looking at taking over a business, they if they haven't done that exercise too, I would say eighty plus percent. Then they're gonna. That's gonna. They're gonna really struggle to provide the leadership they need to. Yeah. And then I would um, have a a much more accelerated um, acquisition sort of plan, post acquisition plan. And I would also, I now say this to people who we assist. um, I would openly. Um, put in place a plan to have the former owner either not join the joint, the, both businesses, or exit yeah. that business very quickly. So, not that there's anything wrong with you know the person who owned this business, you know, is a good chap and everything, yeah. but it's you can't it, 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 like the, the little ducklings can't follow two mother ducks type of thing, and they really struggle. So, I think if you can't buy the business without the former owner, then it's probably not a business worth buying
0: yeah okay
1: so uh, exiting the previous owner and then accelerating really quickly the cultural change and then the systems changes so you know rather than running two systems for a period of time and um, and you're being being giving giving people who are coming on board from the other business a very clear choice this is our culture this is our values this is our mission yeah these are systems it's like you've just got a new job and you know that's the way it is um, yeah, you've all got a new job at the same time, but uh, yeah. you no, know, um, it's better than you all going and getting a new job somewhere else, which is what happened.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's right. So <laughs> slowly they they kind of moved on um, as opposed to creating because because in a way, it's it's kind of sounds like it's, there's a real alignment um, piece there that that was kind of missed maybe in that kind of experience, that alignment of the people to. The company to the values to what you were doing and how you were doing it and um, that then created misalignment or even possibly you know misunderstanding and people just not really knowing kind of where they fit um, in that context
1: and things and I think it's impossible if you have obviously the, the the values and culture of the place that you're buying is going to reflect the the leadership of the previous owner so yeah unle- and i just don't think you're likely to find two people who have such close cultures that both can stay around and not give you know and give a clear message to the staff so the problems we had with things like you know we all turn up to training because learning is one of our core values yeah right. whereas the the previous owner believed you learned on the job which is perfectly reasonable but we yeah, just believed sure. in structured training yeah. so you know he wouldn't turn up to training and then you know his half of his staff wouldn't turn up to training you know <laughs> so, yeah, no, and then yeah. our guys are standing around going well if we didn't turn up we'd you know we'd, we'd get a tap on the shoulder so <laughs> so nice. it, it becomes very simple things you know very um where you would get people coffees when they came in their their system was much more transactional and you know let's not Talk too much and have coffees and stuff. Let's just get on with the job. And you know, once again, nothing right or wrong about either culture. It's just no, no one knew whether to bring a coffee into a meeting or not. You know, so yeah, yeah. that can that sort of stuff can frustrate the hell out of you if you're a if you're yeah, an employee yes, or yeah, team yeah, member.
0: A, a, as you say, it wasn't like one culture was necessarily better. No, um, it's just that this is the way you lead, and this was the culture that you you've created and wanted to continue to create, and they had a different way of doing business in a different way of relating, in a different way of communicating, and there has to be at some point uh, an alignment in that. Um, Otherwise, it does kind of create that sense of, you know, frustration, Um, people just unsure around, you know, as you said, you know, what to do, when to do it, how to do it. Um, So, you know, obviously, you know, I'm just thinking a bit bigger than the last couple of years, but over 20 years of leading people, um what what have what has been some of the kind of key learnings for you in your own growth as a leader particularly when it comes to and you know as you said a lot of your team are quite young so you're leading mm. young people um you know what what's been some of your kind of key learnings or things you've had to change and adjust in your leadership style over that sort of 20
1: year period i guess the there's a there's a tendency as you get bigger. To try and solve things with more policies and procedures, yeah. and some people like get a lot of comfort out of that. Um, so one of the but really the foundation of our business has is really around that concept of autonomy and mastery and purpose, which is sort of these the three you know values internally. So yeah. um, how do you keep a business that um, you know is functional and has grown but maintains that? Um, sort of personal autonomy and independence. So that, that's, been, that's been tricky. So um, recently we, we've solved it a number of ways implicitly without sort of talking about how we do it, but we've, we're now having to articulate a lot of those concepts and behaviours because as the team gets bigger, the mid-levels need to start showing the leadership to the new people coming in in order yeah, for right. the system yes, to yeah. work. So you know, one of the things we, we're doing is um, this concept of leading with context rather than rules. So rather than say, you know, you need to um, sit up straight when you're on Zoom, um, that's the policy. We'd say, well, the context is when you when someone's paying you X hundred dollars an hour for advice and um, you slouch over in your um pyjama suit um, (laughs) they think that your advice isn't isn't of great quality you know they're going to you're not actually helping yourself get off to a great start so if you present yourself well then people are going to think that you actually know what you're talking about and so when people understand the context then they can make their own decisions about how they're going to do that so we don't say then you know you wear wear a red tie and you know whatever but um so so that's one of the so we're, we're developing principles around how we operate such that we can get bigger but still maintain that environment that we want um, so that's one thing so so I guess that if you say over the 20 years what's what have what's changed what have we had to do I guess it's been a continual evolution of maintaining the core reasons why you know I set up the firm in the first place yeah. and with the constraints that naturally start to impose themselves as you get bigger and um, you know you're servicing more people and you've got well, the other thing we've got quite a diverse. Everybody talks about diversity, uh, but we do have quite a diverse staff. We don't. Yes. We don't all look the same and talk the same and come from the same backgrounds. So that's something. I'll, and we don't really work that hard at it. We're just interested in other people, and it's just um, it's just something that we seem to be able to do. Um, so, but how do you preserve that when other people, is it once again, juniors or mid levels or new managers, new leaders, you know the tendency is to to then sort of go back to the sort of solutions that you find at other sort of more established businesses, which is hierarchy and um, um, all of those sort of rules, which um, if that started to entrench itself, I I, I wouldn't want to come to work anymore. (laughs) So, (laughs) So, you know, I'd be leaving. So um so that's probably been the challenge over and i think we've done a we've given it a lot of thought Um, i've read a lot of books and yep. listened to a lot of podcasts and we do a lot of talking internally and um we do have even though we've got a young team we one of our principles we, we sort of grow our own so we start yeah, with grads yeah. and hence yeah. the, the people who stay tend to be very well aligned with those core principles yeah um so it makes it a little bit easier but um, yeah, so I guess it's just how do you adapt and grow without losing the things that the reasons you started the business in the first place.
0: Yeah, it's good. I, I love that idea that you just talked about um, around kind of rule, the difference between like having rules and, con, and context. Yeah. Um, can you just kind of repeat that idea? Because I actually think that's a really valuable um, piece of insight for other leaders to grab a hold of. Um, just the kind of difference between you know how you uh, do that you know not so much having policies and rules but having this context around you know behaviours.
1: Um, I, I just yeah, thought so that you was start, really good. You start with fundamentally you start with trust. So yeah. if someone comes out of university and has got you know two degrees, um, it's gone through school, got high marks, they've gone through the interview process, you've onboarded them um if you don't trust them then to be sort of make, to make sensible decisions and be apply common sense then yeah. you, you're an idiot right so because yeah. so if you start with the fact that you've got someone who's okay doesn't have any experience but they've got a brain and they've got the right attitude then yeah, yeah. you've got two choices about how you treat them one is here's the rule book uh, i want you to memorize the rule book and i want you to do everything in it that it says and the problem is with that is that the rule book's never big enough because there'll always yeah. be another, there always be another question. You know, okay, we have minties, but do we get the ones that are wrapped or not wrapped? You know. Yeah, yeah. But it, but if we if we if you stand back and you go, okay, just throw all that rubbish out, and here's some guidelines and some ways things have been done in the past. If you if you're sort of looking for a solution without wanting to reinvent the wheel, that's fine. But if you, on the other hand, say, okay, well, look, I trust you to make a good decision and work out how to do this, um, but. You might not have seen these circumstances before. So here's here's the context. This is how I would make a decision if I was asked whether or not to get minties that are wrapped or not. yeah you know, I would ask myself, well, you know, why do we have minties? Well, because so the clients come in and can you know freshen their breath and sort of have something to chew on when they're in, in when they're nervous. Yeah. You know. So um do you that so the context is that's why we have them. So if you think that having them wrapped or not wrapped, Is going to improve how the clients feel and whether they're comfortable or you know whether they're worried someone else has dipped their hand in the in the bucket before or whatever it is well you think that you should have m&ms because Mm. chocolate people relaxed then by all means get get m&ms you know so rather than say we have minties in the office that's the policy and you've got to restock the minties it's like we want to make our clients feel comfortable when they come into the room we understand they're going to be, you know, they're coming in at a time at that something really good's happening or something really bad's happening because they wouldn't be seeing a lawyer otherwise. Yeah, yeah. And so, what can we do to make them feel comfortable um, with respect to something they might want to eat or chew on when they first arrive? Yeah. Other than that, that's the context. I don't yeah, care yeah, what yeah. you buy. Yeah. Right. And and in that when you when you do that, you then set free people's creativity and investment in it and they do come up with crazy things to, to make people comfortable in that context. You know? yeah. So um, I guess by leading with the reason, which is the context, and trusting people to come up with sensible and potentially even creative solutions, you set free everybody's innate abilities rather than if you give them a rule book, all you're doing is putting more and more constraints around them yeah. such that you end up with just a big group of people who really can't do anything. And also, they can't adapt because with context, you can adapt. If the if the shop's out of Minties, they don't come back and say sorry. They were out of Minties. They they buy M and M's,
0: yeah. you know.
1: And but if if the rule book says that it's got to be Minties, then it's got to be Minties. Yeah, that's right. And 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 yeah. So it's a bit of a silly example, but if you if you apply that thinking across an organisation that's making literally thousands of decisions a day, um, you've either got to have a very big rule book and it's not going to adapt to changes in the environment, or you can come up with some just high-level principles and base it around trusting people to do the right thing, um, and you get a much more dynamic and, and happy place.
0: Uh, that's such a, a powerful principle that, you know, I hope people you know, that hear that just grab hold of that. It's such an empowering uh, model, and, I, you know, as you said, I think what that then creates is people who you know, they're, they're, you know, going to be a lot more um, prepared to kind of take risks, try new things, be innovative, be creative. Uh, If you create a culture that allows that, uh, to me, that's such, you know, a powerful principle for growth and development um, of people. Um, And obviously people will make mistakes.
1: But that's the beauty of it. Yeah, because if they make a mistake or something doesn't work out, let's not even say that they make a mistake, if something doesn't work out, and you've got a big rule book, they can just say, well, I just followed the rules.
0: Yeah, that's right.
1: And then no one takes responsibility. But if if they've been given the, the mission or the context and they make a bad decision or they make a good decision with a bad outcome, they can at least tell you what they were thinking. Yeah, for sure. And, and, if, and if they weren't thinking, then you've got something that you can call them on. So the only thing we would um, call people on is not whether they made a good or a bad decision or the outcomes were good and bad, it's, did you give it? Did you think about it? Like, <laughs> yeah. what are you doing back here without anything for people to eat? You know, yeah. oh, they're out of minties. Well, did you think about buying M and M's? No, I didn't think. <laughs> I just the book said I had to bring back oh, minties. They, yeah, so they don't have to think if it's in. They the don't landlord. have to think. Yeah. yeah. So so not thinking is the only thing that we will we will not tolerate. Yeah, it's good. And and other than that, you can you know, there's also other principles I won't because it's go on forever. But you know, the the principle of reversible and irreversible decisions. So what we try and tell people is. Ask yourself, you know, if you get this wrong, can we fix it? If that's the case, then just go ahead and do it. But if you get this wrong and we can't fix it, or it's going to be a real mess, then maybe you should ask someone else or have a look in the, you know, in the playbook and see whether or not there's anything there that can you can learn from other people's mistakes. So, for sure. and a lot of what we do, unfortunately, can have pretty diabolical outcomes for people if we get it wrong. So, yeah. you know. You, in a highly regulated industry where you're dealing with people's biggest biggest problems yeah. and biggest opportunities, you you know you do you are expected to get it right most of the time. Yeah, that's right. um, so yeah, um, but that's you do that through. There's there's a whole lot of other principles that we try and apply to to, to deal with that issue. But the core is that we just trust people.
0: And I think that's and I, I, you know I look back over this last you know 18 months of COVID and lockdowns and working from home and isolation and not been able to travel. And, you know, one of the things I've, I feel like um, you guys have pivoted really well. And, I, and I'm wondering now, in reflection, I wonder if that has something to do with that culture that you have around, it's almost like, kind of normal for people to try something different and explore different options and adapt Whereas if you had the rule book, there was really no, no rules written for COVID, right? Um, yeah, that's right. You know, so you know, I yeah, think, yeah, I, think I wonder Google, if that's yeah. a great sort of reason why you know even through COVID, you guys have continued to actually grow, add staff, be successful, yeah. um, because you know part of that sort of culture of of who you are, which I think's you know it's awesome. Um, yeah. Yeah, we are, are running out of time, and I know, you know, we, we can talk all day and all night, and I love these conversations. Um, Just a few final wrap-up questions that I'm kind of asking everyone on the podcast. If you could give one piece of advice to emerging young leaders around the world, what would it be?
1: Uh, well, yeah, so when you say young leaders, um, I would say um, discover as early as possible the power that comes from investing in other people. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. That's good.
0: What about a book or podcast that you would recommend um, to leaders to kind of read or listen to?
1: Yeah, the one that the podcast I listen to, which a lot of people might already listen to, but it's um, called The Knowledge Project by Shane oh. Parrish. Um, that's a, it's, a, it's one of those super-duper superstar type podcasts. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, it's very well-known. I just like, he gets fantastic guests and his his, thing, his um, theme is mental models and decision-making, which is sort of one of my yeah. interests. So yeah. I've, I find he's a really good interviewer and gets great interviewees. So definitely yeah. worth a listen. I haven't, I, I haven't heard a bad one, and that's that's pretty rare. <laughs> that is pretty a, good, podcast. isn't it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: what's one thing that you want to be known for?
1: Uh, someone who was great to work with as a young Lawyer. Yeah. yeah so you'll awesome. have a few people walk around saying i remember working with andrew yeah he was the best <laughs> yeah a great start yeah
0: <laughs> uh, mate it's been great to chat um really appreciate you making the time um and yeah just bringing some of your wisdom some of your experience some of your your kind of life lessons to the table and i know that people will get great value out of what you've shared some 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 real good sort of gold principles for leadership and team development so thanks for being a part of the being leaders podcast
1: yeah no it's a great great theme and yeah pleasure it's been a privilege to be involved thanks mate cheers see you